0: Welcome to the Connecting Place podcast. Here is Pastor Joe Caminetti. We began a series last week called Feet. It's a series about steps, and uh, our feet take us places, and the ultimate place that every Christian wants to come to is a place to where we have a first-hand relationship with God, with Jesus, the creator of the universe. And uh, think about the person you're best friends with. Think about the person you're closest with. And even though God's invisible, we can have a first-hand relationship with him like we do with our best and closest friends on this earth. And we found out in lesson one last week that it all comes as a result of taking these seven steps. And we're gonna begin to talk about the first two steps today. One is goodness and uh, one is knowledge, and I believe a picture that took place in Moses' life, I I believe this event paints one of the most incredible pictures of goodness and knowledge. Moses, you know, he was supposed to be killed. Uh, The Jews were slaves in Egypt, and the Pharaoh said, I want every Hebrew male killed as soon as they're born because the Jews were multiplying, and they were becoming too strong, and he was fearful, Moses' mom put him in the ark as we know and he goes down the Nile and Pharaoh's daughter just had a baby die and she sees Moses, she takes him and she raises him as her own. But he knows he's Hebrew. His mom's actually the one that nurses him and he grows up in a palace and his steps are royal steps in a palace. His steps are 100% in a secular world. When he hits the age of 40, he's beginning to sympathize with his fellow Hebrews, and he sees uh, an Egyptian guard beating a Hebrew, and he intervenes, and then the guard comes at him, and when he's defending himself, he kills the guard. Then he he realizes Pharaoh's going to kill me now, call me a traitor, so he grabs his wife and kids, and he takes off. Where does he go? To his father-in-law's house, the backside of the wilderness. Now he's taking different steps, guys, and He's herding the flocks of his father-in-law. 40 years, these steps, herding the flock, and hanging out in another secular world, uh, hanging out in this world that's totally just not a God world. And then 40 years pass of this, and he's 80 years old. He's with the herds, and he sees a bush burning. (laughs) His bush is on fire, but there's no crackle, there's no smoke, there's no smell the bush is not being consumed. And he is so curious that he begins to walk towards the bush. And as he comes close to the bush, God speaks from the bush and he says this. He says, Moses, take off your sandals. You're standing on holy ground. And there's a picture there that is so incredible. And Moses threw the sandals off and he walked closer to the burning bush. And God gave him direction, and spoke into his life. And we're going to find out today that those sandals represent goodness, and we're going to find out that the burning bush is a type of knowledge, God speaking to us as we read the Bible, Uh, God speaking to us as we sit in church or listen to another minister or as we're worshiping. It's just God speaking into our hearts. It's through the Bible or other means. But the sandals are interesting because Moses' feet were filthy, they were really, really filthy. And uh, kicking the sandals off did not make his feet any cleaner. Now, instead of dirty sandals, it's dirty feet. And when God said, kick your sandals off, it's not about the fact that Moses was dirty and couldn't come close to God. It's about those sandals, because his feet are every bit as dirty as the sandals. And it shows us God wants to have this soul connection with us. But what those sandals represent is it represents his steps where he's walking, how he's living his life. And it's interesting, as you and I begin to read our Bibles, and as you and I begin to become closer to God, uh, there are going to be times when there's steps we're taking, things we're doing, where God's going to say it's time to kick that sandal off. And we're going to find out it's only because he wants to do this incredible work on the inside of us, and he wants to bless us from the inside out. But in order for us to be blessed, those sandals have to be Kicked off, so we're going to talk about kicking sandals off today. That's goodness, and we're going to talk about you know spending time in front of the burning bush. That's knowledge. That's the Bible, and it's going to be an absolutely incredible day uh, as you and I learn together. I want you to walk out remembering this fact: you were created to have a soul connection with God, and I use that word soul because I want I want you to remember the burning bush. I want you to remember sandals, and there's going to be times this week and the rest of your life where God's going to tell you this sandal has to be kicked off. And uh, in order for you to approach and come closer to me and grow, you've got to kick this sandal off. You've got to stop taking these steps. But you were created, I think this is so cool, to have a soul connection with God. God wants to get to know you. He wants you to get to know him. He wants you to have this incredibly close relationship with God. And I know in my walk with Jesus, Man, there were times when I felt so far away from God and it seemed so difficult. And I talk to people all the time where some people will tell me, I have a hard time when I read my Bible, just understanding my Bible. And I want to help you grow in this area and come to a place where you can do what you were created for, to have a soul connection with God. So let's take a moment. Let's read our seven steps. We looked at them last week, and we're just going to read them. I want you to see them in their context. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 5, 6, and 7. And he says, for this very reason, he's referring to the verses above, all these cool things God will do for your life if you add the seven steps. He says, make every effort to add to your faith. And faith here is your Christianity, your belief in Christ, goodness. There's step one. And to goodness, knowledge, step two. And to knowledge, self-control, step three. And self-control, perseverance, and perseverance, godliness into godliness, brotherly kindness into brotherly kindness, love. Seven steps. Remember, these steps are meant to be added continuously our entire life. They'll look a little different, but our entire Christian life, we keep working these principles. And I think this is important. Notice how perseverance is not added to knowledge, it's added to self-control. And it's important to understand these principles, and I'll begin to help you see it with goodness, and knowledge there's a reason goodness is first and I think I can and help you see that today and help you understand it but let me take a moment and just help you understand what goodness means and what knowledge means and the word goodness you don't have to remember Greek words but it's a and it means this listen purity in thought word and action see how that connects with sandals Moses this is holy ground purity and holiness are, are the same thing and, and so taking the sandals off are uh, gonna be times when God says, I don't like the steps you're taking in your mind. I want you to purify that thing that's going on in your mind or uh, I, I want you to purify some of the words that are coming out of your mouth or I want you to purify some of the places and some of the things that you're doing. That's goodness and there's a reason for it. But then knowledge just simply means this. The, the, the Greek word is gnosis. You don't have to remember it. Um, but it means Bible knowledge. Last week we looked at another word translated as knowledge in the same text, and it was epinosis, and it's compound word, and that means experiential knowledge. This word just simply means Bible knowledge, and everything, this this is the burning bush in Moses' experience, everything in our life is based on the Bible. Uh, The Bible gives us direction. The Bible shows us and teaches us about God. It's the most important thing in your life. But I think it's interesting that before you add knowledge, and it's happening at the same time, I think we understand that. Before you add knowledge, guys, we're adding goodness. That's because your heart, the human heart, God compares it to soil. And don't we all understand the soil has to be tilled? Ground has to be prepared before you put a seed in it. You have to take bad things out in order to put the good things in and have them thrive and have them grow at the highest level. And so that's why goodness is first. So let me let me give you an example. I think this will help you understand goodness. Uh, take a look at this x-ray. This is an x-ray of a person that has a tapeworm. Can you see the tapeworm in, in there? That's in his intestine. And, and uh, I found a video of a colonoscopy where you saw the tapeworms moving around. And it didn't bother me. And I don't I'm not bothered by those things, but I figured it would probably bother a lot of people in here. So I just did the x-ray. But le- let, me, let me talk to you about this, guys. Um, this person could have an incredible diet. They could eat really clean, you know. Um, lots of vegetables, lots of fruit, uh, complex carbs, good protein. They could eat this perfect diet. Add some supplements, and it goes into the stomach. The tapeworm doesn't bother it, but then it gets into the intestines. They have all this incredible nutrients, and that's where they're absorbed, and the blood carries them all over your body to build muscles and bones and your brain energy and all that. But before they can be absorbed, the tapeworm's eating them. And so this person can be eating this incredible diet, but they're weak and they're sickly. They don't know what's wrong. And the doctor's talking to them, and they're saying, I eat this incredible diet, but I have no energy. Uh, I'm having this problem, I'm having that problem. And I think all of us can agree it's not the good food, it's not a lack of good food. It's not that they're not putting the right thing inside them. There's something in there stilling the nutrients. And if we don't add goodness, it's like having a spiritual tapeworm in our hearts or in our minds. And even though we listen to the Bible taught like we're doing today, even though we, we, we read it at home, uh, these spiritual tapeworms are literally still the nutrition. Uh, They'll take it right out of us. Uh, In the parable of the sower, it says these things enter in, and they choke the Bible, and it never produces its fruit in our life. Bible fruit is when the Bible works, when it comes to pass, when we grow, when we change, when we overcome, and tapeworms are a problem. That's why God said the first thing we need to do kick the sandals off and the sandals are different for all of us and I'll show you how that works as we progress but there's this cool section of scripture in Proverbs chapter 4 it's really incredible it deals with adding knowledge and it deals with goodness and it wraps them up in this beautiful package so let's take a look at Proverbs chapter 4 and in verse 20 is where I'll begin It, it says dear friend listen well to my words tune your ears to my voice keep my message in plain view at all times That would be the Bible, so he's telling us, listen to the Bible, read the Bible, hear the Bible, read it, become familiar with it. He says, concentrate, and then I like this statement, learn it by heart. Proverbs chapter seven, verses one and two, they say that you can literally write the Bible on your heart, you can write it and remember it. Now, don't be afraid, you and I don't have to remember the whole Bible, we don't have to memorize the entire scriptures. I'm a really poor memorizer. That's really uh, that's really hard. That's homework if I look at it the wrong way. And I don't do good with homework. But lifestyle, that's another story. And this is about key scriptures, just really important scriptures that you need for your life. And it's about you reading them. I love to just grab a scripture for the week and I'll think about it all week. Now, after all these years, I, I, I have a lot memorized. So I just pull them up out of here and think about them. That, that's... That's how we add knowledge. That's how we write things on our hearts. Now, um, I'm glad my rag top is up on my Jeep. <laughs> Listen to verse 22, guys. I love this. Those who discover these words live, really live, body and soul. They're bursting with health. So when the Bible gets taken off of the electronic or paper page, and we begin to put scriptures in here, and we concentrate, we write it in here, the Bible says that it's going to impact our bodies positively, and it does that in a lot of ways. It takes stress out. It does all kinds of good things, but also our minds. It's going to change us, and I love what Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says. There's nothing else on the earth like this. It says the Bible is living. It's alive nothing else that you hear, see, read is alive. The Bible's alive. So that means when you hear it and it's put in here, it literally begins to rebuild you from the inside out. It changes everything. And if you're here this morning and you're discouraged about some areas in your life, you're discouraged about uh, maybe some oppression, depression, whatever it is, there's something that can change it. And over time, it will change it like crazy in a beautiful way. And that's called the living scriptures. Well, then right after that, listen to what he says. Proverbs 4.23, he says, keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. And in there, life grows and it begins and it changes your whole life. One translation says that it will determine how far you will go in every area of your life. But notice the first part, vigilantly watch. Other translations say guard your heart. The heart's where the Bible's meant to grow, knowledge. Goodness is guarding that heart. And I'm going to do a series in August. I I titled it Gatekeeper, and I'm so excited about it. And when I was doing this one, I I thought I have to teach and go other directions on this. So I just finished the notes uh, yesterday. So I'm real excited about the August series. But uh, what I want you to see here is you literally determine what grows inside of you. It can be good, it can be bad. You are the gatekeeper of your heart. So you can decide what comes in, what doesn't come in. That's that's who you are. And then he goes on and he talks about some goodness issues. Listen to this, 24 through 27 of Proverbs 4. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter, white lies, and gossip. What is goodness? Purity in word. That's one thing. Verse 25, keep your eyes straight ahead Ignore all sideshow distractions. Watch your step and the road will stretch out before you. Look neither right nor left. Leave evil in the dust. And I love the fact that it talks about watching your steps. That's goodness. Sometimes we go in atmospheres that aren't good for us. And if we watch, you know, even if we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, really tough times, we don't have to fear any evil. We can have joy and peace because we're feeding on the Word of God. And we're not allowing anything else to get in there and choke it out. No spiritual tapeworms. We're kicking sandals off. So I want to do my best to help you understand how this works. And I'll start just first by talking a little bit about when I first accepted Christ. I was 19, 20 years old. And a beautiful time in my life. I fell in love with Jesus immediately. Uh, I I wanted nothing to do with God, but then I met Jesus and I fell in love with him. And i'm reading my bible hours every day just i'm a single guy lots of time working hard a lot of hours but at night i'm just reading my bible and as i read my bible there were times when god would deal with me to kick a sandal off and and i'll never forget him dealing with me concerning music and to kick that sandal off of my life not not you know not all music but certain songs and uh, so I want to talk to you about what happened with me, and it's always good for me to cover this for you. It helps. I found out that I don't do well when someone tells me I can't do something, but if someone tells me why, uh, what will happen when I do it one way or the other, then I, I can make a good choice, so I'm not the kind of guy that you're just going to tell do this or else, uh, that, and most of us are that way, so let me tell you about music. First of all, God doesn't care about melody. He doesn't care about style, God could care less what style of music you like. Style it is it's not a sin, any style. You may not like a style, but it doesn't make it wrong. Uh, what, what can hurt you with music is lyrics, and the words are everything. And what, what even is more important is when words are connected to a melody, they go deeper into you. You remember them longer. And all of us know if we're listening to music and a song, don't we sometimes go all day singing that song? It just stay that's how things are planted really deep inside of us. So that's why music's important. But you know what? Uh, the lyrics are important. And there, you know, people ask me, is it okay to listen to secular music? And here's the answer I give. I hope it helps. I tell them, first of all, it's all about the words. So some secular music is what I call neutral. It's not bad, and and so it won't hurt you. And some secular music is like, you know, I'm gonna kill this guy tomorrow, and uh, um, I'm gonna have sex, and I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. Can we all agree, Eh, that's not pure. And so uh, you have different types of music, and uh, so if something's not pure, uh, it's better to stay away from it, because that's gonna get in you and grow and choke the Bible. But then neutral words, I, I wanna just encourage you here, uh, you want to make sure you listen to music that's Christian more than you do secular, because whatever you listen to the most is what's planted inside you, and don't we want the Bible in there more than anything? So I always make sure I listen to Christian music the most, but every now and then on my day off, I, my days off are Monday, that's my day off, uh, especially if it's a nice day, I, I put the top down on my, my Jeep Wrangler, and I have Pandora stations that I've created, and I created this one station, it's called 70s Rock, and uh, I'll put that on, and I'll drive for 40 minutes or so, and, and if a song comes on that's not pure, I give it a thumbs down, boom, and it never will play again, and, uh, and, and, and if a song's neutral, I'll listen to it. Sometimes I'm in the mood for my Commodore station, you know, so I, I put that. It just depends. I won't listen to it all the time. Probably listen to Christian music 95% of my, my life, but every now and then, I put some Frank Sinatra on if I'm in the mood, you know, and whatever it is. Uh, that's okay. It's not bad, but you know what I know? What I listen to the most is what grows in me, so that determines my behavior. And that's how behavior changes, understanding those particular things. So here I am, young guy, and, and, and I'm, I'm in front of the bush, man, the burning bush, and, and reading my Bible, and God speaks to me and says, you need to stop listening to this particular type of music. And I'm like, oh, it's really good, God. Uh, I don't want to give it up. And, uh, and I had my little times with God over those things and and he'd say nah kick that sandal off joe kick that sandal off and and when i kicked those sandals off as he dealt with me it's amazing what happened my spiritual life went way higher because i had nothing that was choking the bible nothing hurting the word of god that i was putting inside me he did that with some tv shows and this is back when i was really young and he's dealing with me joe that's just not pure and i'm like but it's my favorite show but it's not pure joe and he would deal with me now I don't have a list to give you. This is all about when you're in church and you're worshiping, you're hearing a message, you're reading the Bible, this is about God saying, hey, this is holy ground, kicked your shoes off. Why is he telling you? He wants to bring you to a higher level of purity and closeness with him, so this is a process. It's still happening in my life today. God never stops doing these things with us. Back then, uh, there were some establishments I enjoyed going to, and God dealt with me that I should stop going to that establishment. And it's like, Lord, I love this establishment, but I don't want you going to this establishment. And and I'd have those arguments. It was not a great atmosphere for me to be in. Now here I am today. I don't think anybody would consider anything I do wrong. But there's still moments in my life where God says, Okay, Joe, I want to take you to a higher level. And He takes me up to another level. And He says, This isn't terrible, but it's not the best. I want you to stay out of that atmosphere. Sandals. God will do that. And here's what I noticed I've been pastoring for over 30 years now, the same church, and been helping Christians for longer than that. When Christians have those burning bush experiences and God deals with them to kick some sandals off, if they don't, they end up regressing in their christian walk and i remember when i was a young boy i was eight nine something like that i was over at my uncle tony and aunt mick's house in niles uh my uncle tony tripodi and i was over their house and everybody was inside and i went outside to play and i saw this wasp and i saw it go into the bottom of a downspout so their garage was uh, separated from the house they had the downspout coming down for w- rainwater to come off. And then instead of going into a pipe, it just ran on the dirt and ran out. This wasp went into, in, into the bottom of it. And then I saw a wasp come out the top. And I'm like so curious. So I get down there, and I'm looking inside uh, the, that. And I have a stick, and I'm doing and Then I saw something shiny, and I stuck my hand in to see what I could find. And immediately, I had three, four, five wasp bites all over my hand so I'm screaming louder than any woman in this room could ever scream in their life and I pull it out and then wasps come out of the top and out of the middle and they're biting my neck and I'm running towards the house screaming like a baby and, uh, and my dad comes out he's like a superhero ninja and uh, he's swatting wasp everywhere and he got rid of all the wasps for me and um, uh, thankfully I wasn't allergic and uh, I didn't get grounded for that I had mercy and pity but. <laughs> When God tells you to kick sandals off and you don't, it's like putting your hand in a wasp nest. It's going to bite you, and if you don't, if you don't listen and kick that sandal off, your life will be bitten, and it's going to harm you. So, uh, just encourage you to listen, and when you listen, you go, you go to the next level. Now, just talk a little bit about. Uh, what 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 I call knowledge. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about meditating or thinking about the scriptures. It's really, really powerful. And there was an event in the Bible uh, where Jesus was at the house of Martha and Mary, their sisters. And Martha has her sandals on, guys, and she's running back and forth and she's working and she's serving. And Mary's just sitting there listening to Jesus teach a message. And Martha's upset with Mary because she's not helping. And she comes to Jesus and she said, I'm working like a dog and she's not doing anything. And here's Jesus' answer. He says, she has chosen that which is most important. Now understand, he wasn't saying we should read our Bibles all day and not work. That's not the message of the scripture. Wouldn't it be great if it was, but it's not. No, no, here's what he's saying. Remember, there was no podcast, there was no internet, there was no, uh, you know, go, go to the website and listen. Uh, this was Martha's one chance to hear knowledge, to hear Jesus teach and she was too busy to get to it. And, and, and it's painting a picture for us, man. Don't let your lifestyle keep you from reading your Bible, getting to church, and listening to the Word of God. But then learn also not to let your mind stop you from meditating. Uh, you and I, uh, we have to learn to, to meditate and control our minds, and I wanna read a scripture to you. It's a pretty school, cool scripture, and it goes like this. Um, It's Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join with the mockers. These are sandal kicker operas. Verse 2, but they delight in the law of the Lord. That's the Bible. Listen to this, meditating on it day and night. Now, this isn't reading day and night. This is meditating day and night. Here's the results. Here's why you're going to want to meditate. They're like trees planted along river ba- the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Every one of us go through crazy problems in our life, but isn't it cool that we can, we can have life coming out of us, joy and peace, and we can walk through anything if we're near the river? And what's the river? It's reading your Bible, that's knowledge, but it's also learning to think about it throughout the day. And that word meditate just means to ponder, to think about And do you know what, everybody in this room, I don't have to teach one of you how to meditate. How many of us know how to worry? I'm putting my hand up too, guys. Worry is meditating about negative things. So we all know how to worry, so we know how to meditate. So meditation here is referring to taking a scripture and worrying worrying the scripture. So you're just worrying about the scripture. And when you meditate, it plants it deeper in you, it writes it deeper on your heart, and it becomes part of you. And the Bible says that life changes everything and you can walk through a drought. The sun can be beating beating down and it will not impact you at all. Your leaves will be green. You'll bear fruit. It's incredible. And, And how does it come? To me, this is the most incredible thing I've learned to do. I like to lay my head down on the pillow at night and I just think about a scripture. Whatever one, I just think about a scripture. I'm going through getting ready in the morning and I'm thinking about a scripture and I think about it in down times. My mind would like to worry, it'd like to think about a lot of other things, but I've just trained it to think about that, and that's when it becomes deep. Kind of reminds me of this. When, when I was in Bible school, I worked at a convenience store called Quick Trip, very much like a Sheets. and uh, we had this uh, video game there that I loved to play, and I could only play it on Saturdays. It was called Gallica. Check this out, see if you guys remember you've ever played Gallica. This is what it was like. My favorite game ever. Got your bees, you have your spaceships, and you're down there shooting them all. And uh, on, on, on Saturday morning, I worked midnight turns. So when I worked midnight turn, I had to leave real quick, shower, go to school. But on Saturday, I had no school. So I would put a quarter in, and eventually I could play this game for two hours on a Saturday. And Saturdays, I would play for two hours. I'd beat the game and beat it again, just enjoy playing this game. And then I'd go home and shower, and I'd lay down in my bed. And when I lay down in my bed and shut my eyes, do you see what you see on the screen? I saw it that vivid on the, on the back of my eyelid. And it was plain in my head. And, and there, here's why I share this. I share things for a reason, guys. It was planted deep in me because I just spent that much time with it. And that's what God wants to do with a scripture. One scripture think about it. You take one scripture and you think about it throughout the day. You worry that scripture It's going to become so deep in you. The next time something comes at you, it's going to just bubble up and it's going to take over. And that's what it means to add goodness and knowledge. And listen, guys, as you go through this week, there are going to be some sandal kickoff moments. So I know you, you're going to say, I'll kick those off. But you're going to understand why. So let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for an incredible time uh, in, in the scriptures. And I thank you for every person in this room Lord, and as we take a moment and and we sit quietly before you, I thank you so, so much. I thank you for every person in this room. Lord, we thank you that you love us so much that you want to help us become more pure so the Bible can do more good in us. And Thank you for showing us these secrets today. These are incredible secrets. Thanks. Thank you for giving us a why, so we know why, Lord. And I thank you that every one of us in this room can do these things. So, Lord, grow us this week as we walk through the week. Show us if any sandals have to come off. And, Father, thank you again for every person in this room. Can we just stay in an attitude of prayer? Bow your heads, close your eyes. I want to make, give one invitation. You know, we did the Lord's Supper. and In the Lord's Supper, we talked about, um, you know, Jesus dying for us, all those incredible things. And, you know, he said that if anyone believes that and calls on his name, he said, I'll save them. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to heaven but through me. He's the God that wants to save us. And uh, most of us in this room probably grew up in church, we're, were familiar with church. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church or you were a member of church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult, all great things. But, but here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a moment in your life where you made it personal with Jesus? And you from your heart said, Jesus, I make a decision today to believe and follow you. If you can't, I trust today's that day. I trust God has uh, ministered life to your heart. And you say, I'm ready today, Pastor Joe. You know, the Bible says whoever calls on his name, he saves that person. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I'm ready to do that. Would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the church, would you help them while they make it personal? Say Say this after me. Say, Lord God. I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe, and I decide to follow you today. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Connecting Place podcast. For more information about Believers Church, visit believers.cc.